Welcome to another episode of City Talk, where we discuss the the race to become the next mayor of the great city of Poughkeepsie. Uh, my name is John, and I am the social media advocate for the gentleman, one of the gentlemen who is looking to become that next mayor. Uh, Rob Rollison, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good. How's Poughkeepsie treating you today? Good. Sun's out. It's a beautiful day. Not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> so, which is which is always good. So, uh, this this week we wanted to talk a little because. Um, one of the most important parts of campaigning, it, obviously, is talking to the voters because you want to get them to vote for you. But um, it's also like you know, hearing their stories and hearing what they have to say and getting a sense of uh, what you need to do as mayor or as what, whatever the office you're, um, you're running for, uh, based on you know, based on what you hear when you hear the concerns of uh, the voters. And I just wanted to start off because, I mean, you've been campaigning now, I believe, since like February. So in all that, that time. Is, that's correct. Are there any, uh, what what have been the most common stories that you've been hearing from voters? Public safety would be number one. Uh, after that, uh, taxes and finances of the city. And then how I'm going to move the city forward when elected. Uh, people want to know, well, what are you going to do? What's your first priority? What's going to be different? And those have been consistent themes throughout the campaign. And there are many others, but I would say that those are the three that I hear the most, and those are the ones I hear first. And I, I know when it, when it comes to uh, public safety, a lot of a lot of it, a lot of times, it also gets tied to Main Street and the the importance of Main Street. And I, I know you, you. I mean, you spent a lot of time on Main Street. I know we've we've recently spoken to the people at Red, Red Cap Cleaners, and a, a few of the other local businesses. Uh, you know, when you talk to people like at Red Cap and and elsewhere, like you know, what, what have you been what have you been hearing from them specifically? Well, again, I it, it was the public safety part of the city of Poughkeepsie. Now, Red Cap is on the upper end of Main Street. Uh, almost, uh, well, probably a, a less than a block from the town of Poughkeepsie and city of Poughkeepsie line. That area up there is far different uh, than some of the other areas in, say, the middle main area, the 300 block, the 400 block, the 500 block. But yet, when I was talking to um, you know members of the family that own it and the employees that work there, who I've known for many, many years because that's where I have been going. I used to bring my police uniforms there. Uh, so that you know goes back to the 1980s, that customers talk about feeling unsafe in the city of Poughkeepsie. And that's sort of a generic theme uh, that a lot of people hold on to and, 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 and say quite, quite regularly. So it, it's a general perception um, that is not certainly the reality of the safety of the city because um, you know there there are there are a lot of things that make this city safe you know primarily our police force but you know it's something you got you have to understand and deal with so um, it's the overall perception of public safety and crime and um, it's interesting because that's an area that doesn't really have uh, a lot of those you know, public safety variables right on that street right there. You know, even though there, you know, there have been things that have happened up there. So, you know, no area of Poughkeepsie is immune from something happening like the entire country that we live in. Things happen in different communities for various reasons and in different neighborhoods. 
and we need to be ready to respond to that. But we also need to have, you know, that overall feeling, a sense of security, and and that's something that has been reoccurring, uh, a reoccurring theme, you know, throughout this campaign and before that too. I mean, this is what I did for a living, so I know that. Yeah, and you uh, you mentioned the perception, and I I know. Um you hear a lot of people where they, you know, because of the perception people have of Poughkeepsie, it's it's sometimes hard getting people to come in. And I know when, you, especially when you take to, specifically when you're going door to door, I know uh, I believe you've heard from some people who are having trouble selling their home because of that perception. Is that correct? Yeah, that actually uh, was over uh, on in the, the really near the border of the fourth and eighth ward here in the city, and I was talking to uh, a husband and wife and. And the wife brought up, well, this house across the street from us, a beautiful home, uh, has been on the market for five years, she said. Now, I don't know all the reasons why uh, it, it, it is still on the market, um, but one of the things that she said that she, she believes that, you know, with the perception uh, of public safety being an issue in the city of Poughkeepsie, specifically crime, um, that they're, you know, they're, having, they're struggling to sell the house. Now, um, that's unfortunate. Uh, because people should have the ability, they want to move to another community, want to downsize, want to do something different. You know, you should be able to sell your home, uh, and and that is another point that has been made a lot. Is that if we don't see leadership, if we don't see the city moving in the right direction, we're going to sell our home. And I'm not trying to be, uh, you know. You know, make this point as that this is what people are running around saying they're going to put for sale signs up. But I'll tell you, I've heard that a lot, and uh, that that's troubling because you know that's not the attitude or the feeling that you want someone to have is that you know they think, and maybe rightfully so in a lot of respects, that you know the city is at the tipping point. We're either going to move forward, we're going to go backwards, and if we go backwards, people are going to leave. But then they say in the same, you know, the same breath, well, how am I going to sell my house? That's a that's a troubling scenario to say the least. And I, I know another issue that we've discussed and that you've been hearing from a lot of people on, uh, particularly with like small business owners, is when it comes to economic development and, and like, you know, A, getting more small businesses in to, to grow the economy, but also being able to help the small businesses that, that are there now. And I know we, uh, you had spoken to and the, the cool thing is, I mean, these are all people who have contacted us, you know, through social media, just, uh, be, just because, you know, they, they, they want to talk to you and that's, it's the way people, people like, con, uh, communicate to try and get answers. But I know we spoke early on to Mike and Jade Boyce from Queen City Tattoo. And you just recently, uh, the people from Jordan's Auto Sales had contacted you and they, they actually, they actually put together a meet and greet, uh, with, with other, like, small businesses, correct? They did. Uh, and, uh, Mike and Jade, who were at the tattoo shop and then, uh, three uh, three uh, stores down is Michelle's Cafe, uh, where in the 300 block where uh, I, I met them early on in this campaign, um, and they were concerned uh, about uh, public safety, uh, uh, lack uh, of police officers on the street, you know, wanted an increased police presence, and then also to um, the Belir issue. That area is just unbelievable uh, sometimes, and it was really bad when I was up there originally because the snow was melting and there was garbage, obviously, in the snow banks. We had a wicked winter, um, but it is a recurring issue uh, on many of these blocks in that 300 block between Academy and uh, North Hamilton Street. I would say is probably one of the filthiest in the city for a variety of reasons, um, 
and I want to make this point too, John, is that this city is only going to be as strong as its small business community. Small businesses are the backbone of this city, and we need more of them, and we need to do as much as we can to help the ones that are here to address their concerns, to listen to them, and, and keep them here. We can't afford to lose one business in this city, let alone a bunch of them. And that, you know, that's, that's, that, that's a challenge for us because we have, you know, we have challenges, uh, you know, delivering core services. And these are the services that, you know, contribute to the business climate. Uh, Jordan's Auto Sales, which is on North White and the Arterial, um, been open, I think, about a month now, they said, or maybe two months. And uh, they've got a small car lot there. Um, they they need uh, some more spaces. It's interesting. One of the things that that concerned them was was that occurring uh, with the regular zoning, they can only have six cars on their lot, where that really isn't uh, helpful to their business model. They need to have a larger selection of cars. So that, you know, that's something that the city can address. Also, interestingly enough, and I didn't know this, that building has been there for years. It's an all Quonset hut. There's no water. Uh, there's no bathroom, uh, and they need to do improvements. And they're ready to invest money, but they they need to have a business model that lets them do that uh, and, you know, kind of ties into the amount of cars that they can put on their lot for sale. And I, per, you know, personally, looking at what they have, um, I don't see that as being a challenge. I mean, it's an, it's an auto lot, uh, and it's not like they're going to put 40 because they can't. I mean, if they can get 15 cars in there, that's probably about the, you know, max they can get. So, you know, we need to be responsive to that. Now, there may be times you can't do everything a business or even a residential homeowner wants to do based on circumstances surrounding the property, the neighborhood, and how things are situated there. But we've got to be business friendly more than we are. And, you know, we need, listen, everybody says, and this is so true, is that if government ran more like a business, we wouldn't be having a lot of the problems that we're having. And this goes throughout this country and this world, quite frankly. But uh, here in the city, uh, it's important to listen to the business community because they're the ones that are making it happen. Um, you know, people who invest their own money and take a, a financial risk to establish a business in a community. And we need to make sure uh, that we're listening, we're responsive, and hopefully being, you know, being helpful to make them make them stay and make them grow because they create jobs. This is probably a rhetorical question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, how exactly do you even think to bring in an auto dealership to your ward or your city and then turn around and tell the people, oh, by the way, you could only have like, you know, the barest minimal amount of cars. Do I don't know. How, how does that regulation even happen? Well, you know, there are zoning codes that say in a particular area you can do particular things, and if it relates to an auto dealership, you can have six spots on your lot, probably based on the sizing of the lot, you know, entrances and exits. Uh, I know there's a formula, of course, that, that is used to determine zoning uh, in particular, you know, neighborhoods. Um, and I am not one for throwing the book out the window just to get business in because then you have a hodgepodge of things that doesn't make the community look attractive. So there's got to be a balance for sure. And, you know, years ago, I'm talking many years ago, there were, there were major car dealerships in the city of Poughkeepsie. Now, you know, the uh, advancement of Route 9 as, uh, you know, the, the car dealer uh, miracle mile in the town of Poughkeepsie and, uh, you know, on 44, that's where they went. But back in the day, uh, 
there were several uh, major car dealerships in the city of Poughkeepsie. So now you've got some smaller ones. But, you know, the thing is is that a lot of people aren't able to get down to Route 9 and pay the types of monies that you would pay at a major car dealership. So the small, quote-unquote, mom-and-pop, or in this case, in Jordan's, which is a family-owned business, uh, has vehicles uh, that um, are a lot more affordable to many of the people who live in and around uh, where they're situated, uh, and people need to get wheels. I mean, um, tomorrow I'm going to an event uh, which is called Wheels to Work, where um, our Department of Social Services has worked with the business community and and, and uh, people with cars to donate cars to people who need uh, cars to get to work. It's really interesting, good concept, and, and I tell you, people get these keys handed to them, the smiles on their faces, because not everybody is working within walking distance, as we know. Not everybody can take a bus to work because of the transit, uh, you know, routes and schedules. It's just not not mostly feasible, so you got to have wheels. And <laughs> the other, the other thing we you definitely hear people talking. It's actually two things you hear people talking about uh, a lot about is the um, the art community in Poughkeepsie and also the youth and opportunities for like our younger people. And I one specific example I know that you were at uh, Spark Media Project held their youth film festival um, at the. Bar- the Bardavon. The Bardavon. Okay, that's, that's, yeah, that's Bardavon. I, should, I should have probably figured out how to pronounce that before I started recording a podcast. But the Bardavon. And I know if you could talk a little about that and also specifically, I know literally I think the most popular thing we've ever put on social media uh, was you being grilled uh, by a, a 10-year-old reporter, if you could talk a little about that. Yeah, it was a really great evening at the Bardavon. There were 18 short films uh, debuted there at the Bardavon that night by 18 uh, filmmakers, teenagers, young people uh, who uh, were able to showcase their talents in Spark Media Project, uh, which is over uh, off of Catherine Street. Uh, it's just a great, great, great uh, organization uh, for young people to express their talents in a variety of ways involving media. And uh, so when I got there, I really did not know what to expect. Uh, and the place was packed with people. I think they had three or 400 people that came to, to view the event. And there were all kinds of neat things going on within the lobby area. They were taking pictures. They were doing interviews. And there was this one particular spot where they were taking photographs, video uh, of a variety of people. And I got uh, kind of grabbed in there to be interviewed by a girl named Lola. And you saw the picture and how... Uh, you know, absolutely interested she was in doing this interview with me and asked me questions that I had absolutely no idea. We was talking about Pixar and Disney and lots of things that I didn't I didn't really know exactly what Pixar was. And she asked me a question which I thought was really good. She goes, and it was all centered around media. It was all centered around movies and different things. And she said, you know, if you had, if you get an Oscar, where are you going to display it? And I told her uh, on my uh, mantle above my fireplace. And then she wanted to know if I was if I was going to be a character in Pixar, um, who would I be? And I had said to her, um, not really familiar with that movie like you are. And she, I said, well, who would you be? And she mentioned this character's name. I said, well, I'll be that one too. And she <laughs> big smile on her face. And, and then it was on to somebody else. And very, very well thought out questions reading from a sheet. And, uh, 
it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then the nice thing, too, was that they honored that night Donna Ryer, uh, who has been a local media person for many years and is uh, a real give-back person uh, to the community, and she was honored for all her contributions, and uh, it was fun. Okay. And uh, just to wrap up, any closing thoughts? Well, we're, you know, we're a little um, less than a month away to Election Day and um, meeting all kinds of people again, uh, many who I have not spoken to yet, uh, you know, during the primary uh, campaign, getting uh, a lot of good feedback and support from all different corners of the city, all different people of political persuasion. Uh, and uh, that's encouraging because this race, uh, is not about me. Uh, it's not about my opponent. Uh, it is a campaign for this city. People, I think, for the most part, are, are they get that, uh, and they're very concerned about this city, uh, and they want someone who has the experience and the capability to lead uh, the city. You know, on day one, which we've been saying since day one. We've been talking about day one since day one, and uh, that's not changed. And um, now it is really a matter of, of reaching out to uh, as many people as I can in the next, uh, you know, a little under four weeks uh, to share with them my thoughts, my vision, who I am, what I've done, what I'd like to do. Uh, and the one thing that has never changed is I can't do it uh, without help. And I can't do it without working with a city council uh, that is going to make decisions to help the city move forward and deal with the present-day issues, many of which we're not even probably aware of yet. Uh, and, you know, God willing, we will we will together, uh, and I'll be there to, uh, to, to help the city council, uh, as I've done as chairman, helping the legislature. And um, I'm very encouraged and, and, and honored, first of all, to have the chance to even do this, and then very encouraged by the support I'm getting from people uh, and so many people who I, I don't know. You know, and growing up here, I know a lot of people. But boy, I tell you what, there's a lot of people I don't know uh, who want to be helpful and who only want the best for the city. And you can't ask for much more than that, John. You just can't. Uh, you just hope that, that, you know, that happens for all of us on November 3rd because together we can make the city, uh, you know, a, a better city, a more productive city, and, and continue to talk about making it safer, cleaner, and that's going to become stronger. Yeah. Well, until next time, let's leave it there. Uh, Rob Rollison, candidate and God willing next mayor of the great city of Poughkeepsie. Thanks for joining us. Keep believing in Poughkeepsie, and we'll talk to you soon. That's it, John. That's it in a nutshell. And I look forward to talking to you again. And uh, we'll be on the campaign trail uh, this afternoon. And, and if anybody uh, wants to reach out to me, uh, they can call me. They can go uh, robrollison.com and call me on my cell phone, 914. 456-4518, call my home number, 454-8733. All help is welcome.